Oh, yeah. You guys like that music? It's a good song, huh? Dance it out, because you're listening to Antenna Method, the podcast. Today, we have an awesome interview episode with an old friend of mine from college, Julian Castro. Julian is an artist and the creative director at Jewel Studios in Miami. He's a painter, he does personal branding, photography, you name it. And we just really dig into his creative process and understand how he derives inspiration, how he cultivates creativity, and ultimately how he channels this into fulfilling his purpose. If you're enjoying Antenna Method, the podcast, please subscribe. And I would be so grateful if you guys could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that others can discover the advice and ideas we discuss weekly. Follow me at Antenna Method on Instagram and Facebook and head to antennamethod.com to buy Antenna Method, the ebook, which contains seven different 14-day habits reboot plans to get you feeling better. And just to let you guys know, there were some background noises when we recorded, so there's these low meditative tones to drown them out, which is why you're going to feel so relaxed. All right, people, welcome to Antenna Method, the podcast, the podcast that's all about making small, impactful changes to your daily routine to feel better with me. Today, I've got a guest, an old friend from college, Julian Castro. Julian, how are you doing today? Good. Doing great. Happy awesome. to reconnect with you. Yeah, it's been it's been too long. I mean, I graduated in 2011, so it's been 10 years, which is crazy. And a lot has happened um, for Our both of us. Our hair has gotten longer. Hair has gotten for, longer. For both yeah. Of us, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a sign of wisdom. <laughs> Long hair is directly correlated to wisdom. That's actually the key to live the best life: is just stop cutting your hair. That is. That is. So a lot has happened in 10 years, and. Uh, I, uh, rather than introduce you, I think it would be great for you to just kind of introduce yourself. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'll start from when we last hung out in 2011-ish. I went to college for mechanical engineering and after college worked at BP as a engineer, project manager, corporate world, corporate role. And a couple years into that realized that um, so speaking of habits, I started meditating and daily and soon after that started to realize that I wasn't really enjoying my life. It wasn't a path that I had chosen and I just wasn't happy at all. I was kind of depressed, not fulfilled. Um, so I quit and I traveled for a year, took some time off, had some fun. And then I ended up back in Miami four years ago. I grew up in South Florida. So back here and decided to run an experiment to see if I could make money doing something creative and fun, which at the time I decided to try freelance photography, which to me would be ridiculous to make money doing something like taking pictures. Um, So I just went for it and it worked. And over the past four years, I soon committed full time to the photography And then that grew into photos and videos for clients and entrepreneurs. And then what motivated me in that work these past four years has been working with entrepreneurs and small businesses to really help people go for their dreams and like create their business or their brand or whatever it is that is like truly authentically what they want to do Um, and help like create that in reality with images and content. 
And then over the past year and a half, I, I've always wanted to create my own creativity instead of creating just for clients. So I started painting again. When I was younger, I was very creative and loved arts and, and painting, but took on the belief that I couldn't make money as an artist. So I kind of shut that down. But a little over a year ago, I decided to bring it back up. And so now I balance the client work and the painting. And over the past year, I've started selling like a bunch of paintings, which has been amazing. I've been being my own client, helping myself as an artist brand and market with content and all the stuff I've learned working with clients. Um, so up until today here, I'm now in a warehouse studio that I recently leased that I'm using for my art and also my photo and video work. That's awesome. It's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of remarkable to see the path that you've been on. It's kind of similar, I feel like, to the paths of a lot of us who go to school at you know, get a good education, get a technical degree, whether it's engineering or pre-med or, you know, the path to be a lawyer. And then you kind of have that moment of awakening. And I want to, I kind of want to dig into that because it's really interesting. You brought up, you were meditating and um, it kind of sparked maybe deeper thought in you. Can you elaborate more on like what the meditation sparked in you as far as like shifting your beliefs and how that? Yeah. So I think, It's hard to put into words, stuff like that. But the way I interpret it is um, it was the first time in a long time that I was able to listen to myself. Because I think up until then, especially through high school, like getting ready for college, in college, getting ready for a job, I was very, this is my experience, I was very influenced by the schools I went to, my family, my friends, what everyone else was doing. Um, and it felt like once I started meditating, I realized I hadn't really listened to myself that whole time. Like I thought I was choosing to go to engineering school. I thought I was doing a job I wanted, but the meditation really helped me just sit there and listen, actually start to listen to like my subconscious and my, my inner voice and my inner compass. Um, and that's what started to have me realize like, I wasn't in a place that I really wanted to be or that I even chose. It's like, how did I end up here? I didn't choose this. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that does make sense. And was it, I guess, in terms of like hearing that inner voice and then taking action, tell me, like, was that something where you had to like take a leap of faith? Was it difficult? Because I feel like a lot of people who might be listening to the podcast they, they might start be starting to hear that voice, but it's just like scary to take yeah. the leap. Yeah, it was really scary. It was really challenging. And the more, the, vo- the more I meditated and the louder the voice got, the more uncomfortable and unhappy I realized that I was. And I think humans, we only take a leap of faith or we take action when the pain of staying is greater than the discomfort of taking the action. So I think the more I meditated, the more I realized how much pain I was in, in my present situation of life. And the perceived pain or fear or discomfort of taking the leap of faith seemed lower to me than the pain I was feeling. So that Mm -hmm. to me was like, it's time to go. And it was like a natural evolution to get there that I, it's like, it's not something I got planned for or expected. It just happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling like 
I'm like kind of just starting that journey myself with this podcast. And uh, it, you know, when you start to formulate what you want and what you want to put out to the world, it's kind of hard in a way because there's no blueprint. You're just you're just pushing out into empty space and you're like, okay, there's no corporation telling me how to structure my day or how to structure anything. Like, how did you start crafting your own blueprint when you, when you became a photographer? That's been the, that was the hardest thing is both the hardest thing and the greatest thing to learn was, yeah, realizing like in school and at work, there was always a blueprint, always like steps, like do this, take these tests, score this Mm -hmm. way, go that way. And then starting the photography, all of a sudden I didn't have a boss to like report to or like metrics to me or there was also like no handbook of like how to start a photography business. So yeah, you're totally right. It's that was so hard. And then the more I met other photographers, the more I started meeting other businesses, other I joined some entrepreneur groups the more I realized that everyone does it their own way. Mm-hmm. There is really, I thought, I went into it thinking, oh, every photographer must plan their shoots the same way. They must have the same pricing. It, it must be a standard mm-hmm. thing because everywhere I came from had standard things. But I realized everyone literally does it however they want. And it's really liberating because they also all do it what works for them. Like, I want to charge this way and I want to plan this way. So that that's that's like the blueprint thing and then what really helped me i mentioned too was the community finding other networking entrepreneur groups in miami kind of like support groups of like mm-hmm. people in the same situation helping each other sharing what we're up to more experienced people newer entrepreneurs mm-hmm. like that really helped me and to this day i'm in a accountability group still that I've always had structures for myself mm-hmm. of like accountability and support because yeah, we don't, you don't have that, especially like working by yourself, like a solo printer, which I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, do you guys have metrics and stuff that you keep on each other to <laughs> enforce things? We, yeah, but they're not standard. Okay. We all pick our own metrics oh, nice. that we want to be held accountable to. Nice. So it's like that freedom, yeah. the, the freedom of doing it however you want and then having the structure to be accountable to do it. I like that. Was there, was there a point where you felt like it, it went from you were putting yourself out there doing something that was uncomfortable to like clicking and hitting your stride? And, and what, when was that and what was it like? <laughs> I feel like right now I'm just starting to feel like I'm hitting my stride four years later. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it's been... So I think leaving my corporate job, I realized that job was probably the furthest from like my purpose that I've been professionally. And then I think the photography, I got a little closer. And then I kind of hit my stride with the photography, but then I started to realize, oh, this isn't quite it yet. And then I went to like personal branding and I felt like I got a little closer and I got good at that. I hit my stride, but then there was still a little voice like, eh, that's not it either. And then I feel like I keep getting closer to feeling like really authentically myself. And now with the painting or being an artist, I feel the closest ever um, because I'm not just doing the painting. I'm also doing like, different photo shoots for fun or 
I just designed and made a jacket or I'm like designing jewelry, like doing all these creative things is like, I feel, I say, I guess I say, I feel like I've, I'm starting to hit my stride now because I'm probably the closest I've ever felt to being like in line with my purpose and mm -hmm. who I really am and want to be. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, four years. I mean, that's still like it, a lot can happen, but that's like remarkable that you're you're feeling like you're you're starting to hit your stride within that amount of time, having and having done all these different things. It's really pretty cool. Um, and so related to creativity, um, and maybe going back to more like the routine habit side of things. Like what what do you do to cultivate creativity in your life? Oh love this topic um the biggest thing for me and i've learned that this is a very personal thing it works really well for some people and not for others i journal every morning um this book called the artist's way by julia cameron is basically the reason that i'm painting and leading a more creative life it is a method to help people re reconnect to their creativity and express it um so I journal every day. And then since December of this past year, so like two months ago, I've been creating every day, at least 30 minutes. So that doesn't have to be painting. It can be like creating content or creating the jewelry or the clothing. Like since I started creating every day, I started to realize that like, I don't want to paint every day, but I do want to create every day. Um, and then my other option, because because there's, I used to believe like I create when I'm inspired, when the inspiration hits. But I'm starting to realize that I can create the creative state just by showing up and starting. Because mm -hmm. once I start, it like turns on, even though I'm not feeling it before. Yeah, it's like when you don't feel like working out, but then you work out and you feel amazing afterwards. Yeah. So. My options are I can either create or sit there and do nothing for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then once I start sitting there doing nothing enough time, I'll start creating something because I'm bored. Do you, do you like listen to music or do anything when you flip that switch? Like you're saying, if you turn it on, the creativity flows, but is there anything that you do to like flip it? Um, I have an extended morning routine that like helps me ease into the day. And then let's dig into that. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious what your routine is. And, let's do yeah. it. Well, it's always evolving over the four years. Yeah. So I'll tell you currently what it is. Um, I wake up around sunrise time, which right now is around 630. And then I'll go to the beach, watch the sunrise, and I meditate at the beach for about 20 minutes. Um, and I do some, right now I'm doing like these Kundalini mantra meditations, which is new to me. I'm really enjoying experimenting with it. And then I'll come home and I'll journal three pages, freehand, sometimes longer, take a cold shower. And then, and then, and so that's like the steady, that's the, the standard package. And then the optional add-ons change every day. So sometimes I'll read a little, sometimes I'll just hang out outside and like do nothing. I like to like have a really calm and do nothing morning. Or sometimes I'll just get into creating. Um, 
So I come to the studio and then I kind of like play with my toys, I think I call it. So just like organizing my paint and like mixing paint and like shuffling, like moving things around, organizing, like that kind of helps me get into the flow. It's like preparing the work area, like how a chef would like clean the kitchen before they're about to like make this massive meal. It's like preparing the work area is very important to me. It's like I'm, I'm getting ready to like, I'm treating the area so I'm ready to go. Like surgeons getting ready for surgery. Um, and then, yeah, music is huge. So I'll turn on the music. Has to be really fun music for me. So I'm like dancing and having fun because I'm doing this to have fun. I'm not, that's like my pure reason for yeah. making art. It's like, it has to be fun. Yeah. And then I just get going. Awesome. It, it feels like from the moment you wake up, you're just like cultivating good energy and yourself by go, like you're going outdoors. You're literally, you're walking on the beach, which is you're like touching the earth, which is, I mean, now there's a bunch of scientific research showing the benefits of grounding and, and being in contact with the sand and you've got the sun and, and then you're doing the... Yeah, yeah, watching the sunrise too is like hugely energizing Yeah, for me. There's scientific research on that too. Yeah, there. So I I I have a uh, a red light, one of those like um, red infrared lights, and uh, the thing is like it's just a replacement for this like the morning sun is really what it is because the natural red light's coming up then. So you're getting like what we were always intended to have, which is yeah. literally just like being in contact with the earth and watching the sun go up. It's yeah. So so crazy. <laughs> it's so it's so. So simple. Yeah, it really, it really is. Yeah, all these productivity hacks on the internet. All you have to do is go watch the sunrise. And yeah, you're set. seriously. Which is this is the hilariously ironic part of all this biohacking. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I went really deep into in these past four years too. Yeah. Like I thought the biohacking would help me succeed, but it's it's way simpler than that. So I, I've gotten pretty deep into the biohacking too, and I think it's so hilarious. I feel like it's just leading me to this path where I feel like I should just be living in more isolation outside and like growing my own food, and like that's it. Like that's where this is all leading. It's just like go outside and like be in connection with the earth, period. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, that's really been so like the last couple of months that's been a really big focus of mine is the connection to earth and nature also like natural cycles of the seasons and the moon phases because the biohacking or like productivity push of society even in like corporations is like grow 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 linear growth always growing but nature doesn't do that <clears throat> nature grows and then it dies and then it grows its cycles it's growth and then rest winter or summer so i think the more we as humans like connect with nature we can tap into those energies for ourselves too like i can't we can't be like producing 24 7 growing our businesses we need to rest we need to sleep we need to take a week mm -hmm. off we need to yeah so using nature as a like inspiration and teacher yeah. To live like that really helps because we are nature. Too. Yeah. So. That's really interesting. You hit on like a really important point there, which is the perpetual growth mindset of capitalism and our modern 
um, economy and that's like it's it's so out of tune with what happens in real life like it's like there's seasons things change they ebb and flow there's a balance there's always a balance and if things are out of balance like they are now they always return to that center fulcrum point of the balance and uh if it's too far out of balance and the, the shift is too fast then it's like chaotic so i you're on to you're on to right. something maybe that's the next economic theory is seasonal economic theory so Maybe you heard it here full yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like taking taking astrology and combining it with economics. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, which is that's like a lot of some some like podcasts and stuff that I'm listening to now is like how to apply moon cycles mm-hmm. to your business. Mm-hmm. So any tips? That's I'm still learning, but it's kind of like so the moon cycle is 28, 29 days. So it's kind of using that as like your calendar, your monthly calendar. And then with the full moon and the new moon are like the biggest points to like, like the new moon, the moon is empty and then it's slowly filling up, filling up, filling up. And then the full moon is the peak and then it's emptying, emptying, emptying. So at the new moon, you start, it's really a good time to like start projects and like what do you want to create? Mm-hmm. And because the energy is filling mm-hmm. up, filling up. And then the new moon, the full moon, you reflect and it's like, what do I want to let go of and like rest and recover? Mm-hmm. So then uh, as it's, you know, yeah, that's how I understand it now. There's probably some astrologers watching this, like, what is he talking about? But <laughs> yeah, we have, yeah, we have a lot of astrologers tuning in. Hey, astrologers out there, how you guys doing? I'm What's speaking up? to the future astrologers. I'm projecting my intention that this is going to grow to a a, uh, a giant audience. Um, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> it is. It is. I feel it. I feel it. Especially now that you're on the show, inspiring us. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> The long hair. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The tendrils of, of wisdom reaching out to the depths of the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the long-haired astrologers are picking up on our transmissions. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't put anything bad out there. <laughs> um, one thing I want to ask you is uh, maybe it's something that you don't encounter a lot or, or don't encounter much anymore, but it's how do you remove judgment from your work as you're creating it because i feel like i'm I'm a creative person and when i create something i have to be very intentional about letting it happen and not judging myself based on how i'm perceiving it do, do you have any thoughts on like ideas on like like judge yourself on how you're perceiving the thing you created yeah basically like letting yourself create something and then looking at it and not saying i hate that thing or that thing is just not representative of, of me or like letting yourself go through the full process, finish it, and then like allow love in, in, in terms of like yeah. appreciating what you made. Yeah. Oh, this is a big one. Um, and I think it's a deeply personal experience for everyone. So for me, um, thinking back to when I started photography, I would compare, I started following all these photographers on Instagram. So I would compare what I was doing to their work and just like mine was not as good. And then I had to start to realize that I'm just starting. So of course it's not as good. And I also learned that there's no, in creative work, I had to release the concept of competition because 
that photographer is going to do their own thing and there's no other photographer like him or her and I'm going to do I'm going to create the images I'm going to create and there's no one else like me so there really is that when I started to realize that there is no competition in creative work that really helped me start to let go of like judging my work because I realized a lot of the judgment came from comparing it to others so like the same thing with the paintings it's like, I'm, especially abstract paintings, because they don't look like anything in reality. So you can't say or like compare that this is like good or bad. It's so subjective. So, and I'm the only one in the world that's going to create the paintings that I'm going to create. So for me, like that judgment came from comparing to others. So letting that go is big for me. Um, and then as far as like, if I'm happy with it or not, or I hate it, I paint, I kind of let go of an attachment that what I create has to be good. So with, if I don't like a painting, I'll just paint over it. Just like, and just keep going until it's to a point that like, oh, I like that. I would hang that on my wall and then I'm done. Um, same with the photos. I, I'll take some photos of someone and it's happened before that I hated all the photos and I called them and I was like, hey, we need to do another shoot. Or when I'm editing them, I'll edit all the photos and I'll be like, I don't like this edit at all. So I'll just go back and like do a different edit and keep tweaking it until it's to a place that I like. But the pitfall is to not go so far that like it needs to be perfect. Because to me, yeah. perfection is the enemy of like finishing. Or, like, mm-hmm. So I... I it, there's a line of like, where's good enough that I'm going to say this is done and not strive for perfection, but not stop too early that I don't like it. I like that. Yeah, I guess it, it's, it's like that balance of like it, it representing you and you being kind of at peace with putting putting it out, maybe. Yeah, well, then there's the whole thing of like showing your work. That's like a really vulnerable practice, too. Mm-hmm. Because you're like bearing your soul. It's like something you made. It's so personal. So just the act of publishing something is yeah. that was that's another growth area. Yeah, I can only imagine, especially if you have a gallery. And have you have you been? I guess had like live galleries where people are kind of walking around and, and you're yeah giving them. Last weekend I had, or two weeks ago I had my first. I just invited friends, like close friends, because mm-hmm. that felt mm-hmm. safe and also like chill. But yeah, in yeah, yeah. March, this coming March, I want to have like a legit like show. And mm-hmm. I was journaling about this the other day. Like my biggest fear of that is like, are people going to come? Mm-hmm. So just interesting to notice that. Like I, I think I've gotten over the fear of people judging my work. But right now, my fear is like, are people going to come? But the judgment thing too, I've realized that when we create it, when 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 someone creates, when I create and I put something out and I'm like shining my light, I call it. Mm-hmm. That's either going to guide some people, or it can also blind some people. And like the haters mm-hmm. or the people that are actually going to judge you and say like, oh, that's a waste of paint, or like mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. It's actually their own insecurities or their fears or whatever that they're projecting onto you. So it's not even like, it's not really about your work that you're putting out. It's really 
about mm -hmm. that. So like I realized that. Mm -hmm. and so now like when there is judgment, I don't. It's it's their judgment. It's not. It doesn't really mean anything mm -hmm. about my work. Yeah, yeah, that's a really interesting point. There, there's especially when you get more comfortable with just following your intuition, listening to the to that <clears throat> guiding creative inner voice. Like you know when something is is you and authentic and yeah it's almost like it's a reflection of it's like a mirror for that other person who's saying they're saying like the words they're saying are not it's not communicating what they're actually feeling right. which is maybe something hurting them and uh yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting point and i'm sure as an artist it's like well maybe i can ask you like do you like how do you to check in with yourself and, and like block that when when it starts happening like that feedback that's negative that you know is not true comes in yeah um i think the meditation really helps me just like be aware of my reactions to things so mm -hmm. when someone mm -hmm. says something it's just whenever i feel i start to feel an uncomfortable emotion I like I'll check in and be like, all right, is this real? Is this my emotion? Or is this because someone said something? And if that's the case, then just realizing and acknowledging that, oh, it's it's there. Something that someone mm -hmm. else said that it's like I have to have this little conversation in my mind to remind myself that what they said means nothing about me or my art. Mm hmm. Yeah. Or like someone compared my art, like, oh, it looks just like so-and-so's art, like some famous guy. Mm -hmm. And that kind of like threw me off. I was like, huh, like maybe I should change my art and like try to be unique. <laughs> and then I remembered I had this whole like dialogue with myself that like, oh, well, no, I'm just creating what I want to create. And if it looks like someone else's, so what? Great. And this yeah. person. Yeah. I don't know. I make up like he he was not an artist but like is an art he's in the art world but he doesn't create so it's also like I'm gonna if someone is also creating then I'm gonna listen to their voice a little more strongly mm -hmm. because they're in the mm -hmm. arena as like Brene Brown mm -hmm. says with that quote mm -hmm. like it's the critic that's also in the arena with you their voice their, they, that counts but if someone's not in the arena and creating as well then I don't feel the need to listen to to take their voice as seriously because they're not doing mm -hmm. what I'm like. They don't. They're not in the same experience as me. Well. Yeah. It's like if I'm going to go critique really... LeBron James basketball, like he shouldn't listen to me because I'm not doing that. But you, you might have good feedback, <laughs> though. You never know. Never know. Never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's. It's. I think it's a really important point too for people like as you go along any journey or path in life that you need to listen to feedback but you also need to filter your feedback that's like the most important thing is filtering the feedback you let in because some like you're saying from people that are in the arena that essentially are doing what you want to do or like putting out the same i don't know tapping into the same type of creative state you're tapping into like they're worth listening to but filtering out those who maybe have a more personal agenda is to your benefit. Yeah, yeah totally. That's like, you nailed it. Filtering feedback has been so mm. important. And then also just realizing what feedback like feels good to me. 
what doesn't. Like if it's yeah. if that's that's a practice too. It's like all right, is this feedback that I really feel is going to help me and that I should listen to? Cool. Like mm -hmm. what's the what's the medicine? What's the growth given? Or if it's like yeah, just not that not. Yep. So yeah, filtering feedback. In terms of, uh, maybe I'll, I'll kind of end the interview on trying to get like a specific moment from the past four years out um, and, and just dig into it. But I, is there any moment or perhaps moments where you just felt like things clicked? Like, and I, I, and I guess this is different than what I asked earlier about hitting your stride, like moments where you were like present and you were either taking pictures or painting or something, and it just, you felt completely in a state of flow and like you were living what you were meant to do. Yeah, um, a couple of times come to mind. Um, when I was like a year into photography, I started getting these, a less than a year, like six months a year. I started working a lot with like fitness photography and shooting like CrossFit athletes or um, shooting for clothing, like athletic apparel brands. So I was like working with models. And a couple of times I was just like on the beach shooting this like gorgeous model, like doing sprints and stuff. And I was just like behind the camera, like smiling. Cause I was just like, holy smokes, I'm getting paid to like be on the beach taking pictures of someone exercising. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And then yeah. something similar happened like three days ago. I saw this ad on Instagram. It's like a call for submission to like be a featured artist on something. And I like looked at the application. And then I had this thought that I was like, I need to make more art. And then I started cracking up because here I am like having an instinctual thought that like, I need to make more art. Like, how crazy is that as like part of my work? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's filler. You like that's basically you coming full circle from the engineering project manager. You know, this is the way of life I must go into just like completely flipping your your mindset. And now you're like, I have to create more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need to like, make more. Which is, yeah. It's, oh man, it's great. Life is funny. It is. It is. That's awesome, man. Well, dude, it's been it's been good. Um, Hopefully, you know, we can uh, have you again on the podcast. It seems like there's a lot more to come for you. So yeah, and let's hear let's hear from you. What's what's coming for the podcast? What are your hopes and dreams? What's what are you? What's your intention? What are you creating? Yeah, yeah. Let's flip the script. So the the mode right now is discovery, and and it's personal discovery, and it's discovery of my audience. So it's for me. I'm kind of honing and, and sculpting my message and my life philosophy, which has a lot to do with your daily habits and, and your routines, which shape the way you think, your mindset, your beliefs, your words, your thoughts, and ultimately the energy you put out into the world. And, and so I'm, I'm sculpting that into um, a book I'm writing. And the book has a 14-day, I call it a channel clear, where you spend 14 days going through a process to start to deprogram yourself from all these beliefs that um, society has mm. put into you and kind of open yourself up to 
being inspired by others, believing in yourself, like showing yourself love, and then showing your body love, your mind and your spirit. And it's all through like daily actions, things like being grateful, writing that down every morning, um, exercising, meditating, um, even getting things off your chest. That's a big one. Like accepting the past is huge. Mm. That's a big part of it. So I, I've created this method and my intent is that it's like a cleanse. It's the concept of a cleanse, but it covers your, it's not just your body. It's, it's your body, your mind, your emotional state, your spirit, it's everything. But it's still, I still think it's as doable as like a food cleanse. I, I, I cut it down to be super concise. So that's, that's what I'm working on. I'm putting those ideas out and I'm discovering my audience on by growing all my social channels and, uh, and putting this podcast out. So I've got an Instagram, I've got Facebook, I've got YouTube. I just made a TikTok. That place is crazy, man. Did you ever on TikTok? I downloaded it at the beginning of this year. A friend of mine convinced me that it'd be a good marketing tool and I deleted it a week later. Dude, like I, it is, it's a lot. And I, I threw up a few videos on there and they were, they started to get a lot of views and I was just, I just wasn't, I wasn't getting subscribers and yeah, it's just kind of undefined. It's a weirdly undefined space right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm growing, so I'm growing my social networks and just, yeah, learning what people need and, and want. I, I have a feeling that they, they need this though. Some, and I'm not the only one who has these types of ideas. I'm just one person. Who's, who's kind of co- coming out? There's a, yeah. There's a lot of people I think now. You know. I mean, everything you just yourself said, included. Everything you just said about that 14 day that you're including is like everything I've worked on for the past four years that mm-hmm. I continue to. So I think it's really powerful to create something like that, like a 14 day cleanse. It's really cool. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate that, especially coming from someone like you who's been there. I think you're in the arena, man. So it's. I'm filtering the feedback and it's good yeah. feedback. I will say the getting things off your chest has been so huge and like forgetting or like healing the past. Like yes. the emotions that I have attached to things that happened in the past and getting that off my chest has been like that's like the real productivity hack. Like do that mm-hmm. and then everything else will flow. Dude, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go from like butter in your coffee to like forgive everybody like forgiveness yeah. forgiveness <laughs> give each other grace forgiveness and go eat a hamburger and you're good <laughs> yes yeah exactly it's like you're, you're like wait a minute this is starting to sound like the bible like <laughs> yeah the classics man like, they know. you're like what <laughs> they always come back yeah, yeah. Come back for but uh oh man well i think uh yeah why don't we end the podcast on this note it's been a pleasure any any last words of advice for our listeners uh, before we before we call it uh listen to yourself i guess that's what's that's what works for me like every every advice that everyone gives is just going to be the advice that works for them and what works what continues to work best for me is to listen to myself and cultivating uh practices to help me listen to myself has been meditation and journaling so start there and see what happens awesome all right guys thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next time we're signing out